Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for June 9th, 2019. Koyo here. So very, very glad you joined us. This is the season, annual observance celebration of graduations. Yes, indeed. You know... Well, I was going to say, we get some uh, invitations to graduation get-togethers for uh, family and friends and get the invitations and RSVP and uh, put the invitations on our refrigerator with magnets. (laughs) We mark up our calendars and uh, so we have several to go to. And yesterday, I went to one uh, high school graduate and going off to Purdue. Uh, he graduated from high school here in Fresno, California. And a uh, <clears throat> very bright young man. And then he's off to Purdue. And, uh, and then I was thinking, then I got a couple more. I got a eighth grade junior high school graduation. And I got a college graduate from UCLA in environmental sciences. And uh, so three different (laughs) occasions, junior high, high school, college. Man, oh, man, it's really makes me pause. And for one thing, it it reminds us subtly that time is going by. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Uh, things aren't the status quo. Things are dynamic, changing. Okay, uh, and I was thinking about the the graduation, the idea or notion of graduations in our lives. It's not just a graduation about other people uh, or other lives, but what it resonates in ourselves. You know. Um, I think it's always it strikes me and it's for some reason I I 
I never thought about it until a few years ago that the word commencement you know, uh, means graduation time. Okay? It's a c- commencement ceremony. But that the word commencement means the beginning, <laughs> not the end. And then isn't it nice, a nice non-duality of it's both a beginning and an end? Okay? It's a culmination completion, and at the very same time, new vistas beckon. Um, So I don't know. I suppose I should Google it, but to find out the origin of uh, uh, that word, commencement, and how how it got uh, associated with graduation observances. And that's a genius to call it commencement ceremony. And, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about um, how the idea of graduations can be extended not only for formal educational um, uh, observances, but there's all kinds of, gra- there could be all kinds of graduations, okay? And it makes us, when we observe formal education graduations around this time, it reminds us that in our own personal lives, there could be all kinds of uh, graduations and commencement moments. Our, Our lives are filled with so many moments that something's ending, Something else is beginning right at the same time. Uh, very instructive if you think about that. Huh? The, the end is the beginning. Okay? How to unpack that spiritually? Anyway, I was thinking about commencement speeches and... Uh, <coughs> It's quite prevalent uh, that distinguished people give commencement, are asked to give commencement talks. Huh? Think about it. What if you were asked to give a commencement talk, uh, a keynote speaker huh, at a prestigious university or wherever, commencement ceremony and... <clears throat> They're meant to be inspiring, uh, talking to the graduates that are about to embark on adventures and go forward. What are you going to say? Okay. Or in other words, it it means what are you going to say to yourself? Okay. As this particular moment is ending and the next moment is beginning in your own life journey, or if you want to put it spiritual journey, How can you talk to yourself? How can you inspire yourself? Hmm? (laughs) Well, that's food for thought. I'll leave with a a short story that it strikes me. The influence that uh, something happens a long time ago, for some reason it sticks out and you always remember it. Now, I don't know exactly memory-wise 
what goes into something that's impactful and its impact lasts over decades and decades, you know, <laughs> sometimes you don't know what will do that. Uh, you, you know, time will tell. Okay? And I was thinking about a commencement uh, talk that I heard, well, 50, 60 years ago, and uh, it was at my own elementary school graduation. You know, uh, Ray Elementary School on the south side of Chicago, 56th Street in Kimbark, uh, K through 8. We had no middle school in Illinois. And so you went K through 8. You graduate 8th grade and then you go uh, to high school for four years. So you're about uh, 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. You finished eighth grade, and you're graduating from elementary school. And as it went, I was asked, our class was very small. We were mid-year. Our graduation was uh, not in the fall, but actually in January, okay? And uh, our mid-year class was very small, very intimate, and I... I still am friends with some of the graduates that I graduated elementary school from, you know, get together for dinner sometime or just keep in touch across the miles. And, uh, but anyway, I was asked to give the, a talk for our class. Okay. And lo and behold, uh, I don't know who's in charge of the commencement preparations but they asked my father, who was a well-known Buddhist minister, local minister, okay, said, well, oh, we have, have asked him to give the commencement keynote talk. And uh, <clears throat> that day, I don't remember anything of that day except one story that my father said in his talk. Um... I remember the day before, I remember looking in the mirror and practicing my own talk okay, and so forth. And what he said <clears throat> in his talk on that day was a story about the importance of foundations. Uh, and the, <laughs> many cultures, families, whatever, value education, especially, I think, for immigrants where education was the gate through which you could, uh, you know, prosper and advance and have some upward mobility. Okay. Uh, and like many groups, immigrant groups, Japanese Americans, there was a strong emphasis on education. Education is the foundation for life's success, no matter what where you what you, what you do, okay? education is the foundation on which you're going to build your life. And so he told the story about a, a wealthy man who uh, became acquainted with penthouses, and he said, "Oh, this is great, you know." Man, you go to the penthouse if you live in if your apartment is on the penthouse, 
Woo, you got to see a great view, and oh, man, it's great. So as this story goes, there's, you know, some literary <laughs> liberties taken here. He engaged the architect. He just told him his dream. He says, oh, I want to live in a penthouse. You know, build me a penthouse. The architect says, okay, and they go through the planning process, and he leaves it up to the architect to do it. And then they're breaking ground, and he comes to visit the site. And he sees that they're digging the foundation. They're digging a hole in the ground. And he says, hey, wait a minute. You're going in the wrong direction. I want my penthouse way up there. But you guys are digging down. Uh, So the architect explains, well, in order to build (laughs) something on which the penthouse will be, you have to have a solid foundation. And in fact, the higher the penthouse, the deeper you got to probably dig to make your stable foundation. You can have a great life, achieve soaring heights, or you better have a deep, solid foundation. If you see a big skyscraper, you know that it had had to be very securely have a foundation okay and so of course the moral here is you know uh, even though you may not be able to appreciate the the early preparation and everything that builds your foundation that's crucial for all that comes that is to come so uh, don't put your sight on the end goal, you better take care of the the means which are necessary. It's not like, oh, get the means out of the way. I want to achieve the end. <laughs> you know? My father always used to say means equals the end. And there's a particular interpretation of that. Okay? And the importance of the present moment. The the right understanding or there's sort of a wisdom there. That maybe if you don't have the proper <laughs> life experiences, you don't. It's hard for you to, for us to uh, understand means equals end. Okay, because in our culture sometimes we're taught, oh, the end justifies the means. The means, I don't care about the means. I don't want. I want that penthouse. Okay, and uh, when it comes to our own lives. Uh, there's a big uh, non-duality teaching here. Okay, okay. As usual, I'm wandering away. i got to get back to our program today, and we are honored to have a guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. His name is Rob Kanyo, and as is our uh, Live Dharma Sunday uh, procedure or protocol, we use the given name and then their Dharma name. Uh, Rob Kanyo uh, lives in Illinois, and he was part of the LM9 group. So uh, his class was inducted two years ago. So let us hear from Rob Kanyo's Dharma Glimpse. Good morning. My name is Rob. My bright dawn name is Kanyo, and I'm a lay minister in the Chicago area. Here at Bright Dawn, we have a lay ministry program, or LM program, which starts up in September of every year. The current LM group is the 12th group, and we had enough students join 
that we had to break the LM12 group up into several subgroups. Right now, I'm in the process of leading one of the subgroups through Guillaume Kubose's translation of and commentary on the Heart Sutra. If you are not familiar with the Heart Sutra, it's a wonderful little thing. It's a very short sutra, a very concise sutra, and it is deceptively packed with deep meaning. The full name of it is sometimes translated as some variant of the Heart of the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra or the Great Wisdom Heart Sutra. Gyome Sensei himself translated it as the Heart of the Great Wisdom Paramita Sutra. In Japanese, it's known as the Hanya Shingyo. Hanya meaning wisdom, Shin meaning heart, and Gyo meaning sutra. I was introduced to the Hanya Shingyo, the Heart Sutra, back at the very beginning of my Buddhist journey. The first Buddhist temple that I attended was a Soto Zen temple in a northern suburb of Chicago, and every meditation service there included chanting the Heart Sutra. To open the service, we chanted it in English. To close the service, we chanted it in Japanese. There is one particular line that jumped right out at me then, and has stayed with me all of these years. The Heart Sutra itself is a concise scripture that contains the heart or the essence of Buddhist teachings. A being known as Valakitesvara, or by the Japanese names of Kanjizai, Kanzeon, or Kanon, this is the Bodhisattva of compassion. This being is seen as the personification of compassion itself, and teaches us that nothing, including human existence, nothing has ultimate substantiality, which in turn means that nothing is permanent, and nothing is totally independent of everything else. This nothing is permanent concept is hammered home in the sutra by referring to emptiness and negating many aspects of Buddhist teachings. In other words, the sutra teaches us that everything in this world is interconnected and constantly changing. A deep appreciation of this idea of emptiness can thus save us from the suffering caused by our egos, our attachments, and our resistance to change and loss. That's, uh, that's some pretty deep stuff. If you've never encountered the sutra before, I might not sound like I'm making sense right now. That one particular line that I said jumped out at me is when the sutra points out how even the Buddhist path, even the Four Noble Truths, are empty. No suffering, no craving, no extinction, no path, no wisdom, no attainment. It goes on to say, Indeed, there is nothing to be attained. The bodhisattvas live this deepest wisdom with no hindrance in the mind. No hindrance, therefore no fear. Think about that for a moment. No hindrance in the mind. No hindrance, therefore no fear. What is it like to live a life without fear? How does fear manifest itself in your life? Anxiety? Dread? Embarrassment? Unease? Nervousness? Worry? Guilt? Trepidation? Shyness? Self-doubt? No hindrance in the mind. No hindrance, therefore no fear. In his commentary on the sutra, Gyome Sensei specifically calls out doubts as a form of fear. Therefore, any feelings based on doubts arise out of fear. Did I do the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Whenever you catch yourself asking yourself questions like that, those questions arise out of fear. And fear, in all of its different shapes, sizes, and colors, is just another manifestation of the ego. 
that sense of independent self that we have that interferes with us being able to see and experience the interconnectedness of life. Have you ever exhaled on a pair of glasses and seen the lenses fog up? After that happens, they're hard to see through. You put them on, you can't see anything clearly. Well, here, that's the ego self doing the exhaling. And the fog is fear. And the glasses are what we need to wear in order to clearly see the oneness of life. Well, that's all fine and dandy, I hear you say. But how do we actually live like that? How do we apply that to our everyday lives? How do we take that and run with it and get to the point of no hindrance in the mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear? I'll be honest, it's not easy. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes practice. The first step is awareness. Fundamentally, it all comes down to attachment. Our wants, our desires, our insatiable thirst for more prestige, more money, for keeping up with the Joneses, our resistance to change, our resistance to loss. I have two short sound bites that I carry with me from my teachers that I hope can help here. For that particular aspect of it, the grasping, clawing, clutching aspect, let go. Just let go. And yes, that's easier said than done. Like I said, it takes work, dedication, practice. And the soundbite that I carry with me for that aspect of it, keep going. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. I was scribbling down some uh, comments or associations that were triggered by as I listened to the words and you know, he said, well, one key was awareness. Okay. Uh, and that flashed through my mind is uh, in Gilmey Sensei's uh, book, Center Within, 58 articles. The first one is titled Awareness. That comes first, you know. Uh, and I think that's no accident that that's in the first chapter, awareness. Huh? Uh, and, of course, awareness of uh, who we are. You know, Self-awareness is, is, is key within the topic of awareness itself. Okay? Whereas uh, Reverend Haya Akegarasu, uh, Reverend Gilman's teacher, he had a he had a famous uh, uh, calligraphy that says uh, what well, a translation is uh, first know thyself and that's sort of a, a could be related to a Socrates uh, you know uh, this is a universal uh, truth that if you want to know anything, you better know yourself. How do you see things? What's your glasses? What's uh, what's fogging up? Uh, you know, that determines everything. Huh? The kind of glasses, the kind of filters. Uh, we don't. When you talk about reality, Rose talking about my reality or my take on it. We can never talk about reality itself. Any expression of reality. Uh, is dependent upon the speaker, you know, and it's hard to let go. Okay, that was another phrase. Okay, uh, hard to let go and grow. Okay, as one 
uh, student with favorite, uh, favorite takeaways was let go and grow. And then a few years ago, someone came across a nice saying, and she shared it with me. She said, I heard, let go or be dragged. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a great image, isn't it? If you don't let go, then all your your preconceived assumptions or the philosophical uh, underpinnings, you know, it's going to drag you. Okay? If you're inflexibly attached it's it's going to affect everything, uh, and then of course keep going is, is uh, kind of like a, a basic. Well, I won't say mantra, but it just evolved as part of the core of right on teaching as a takeaway or uh, uh, keep going. Yeah, and that takes a lot of unpacking, but uh, we're always finding nuggets of wisdom in. The broad aspect of what keep, keep going means, okay? not just perseverance and determination in the face of obstacles and difficulties, but when everything's going right, uh, when you when you when you have graduated, you know, when something you know, not a difficulty but an accomplishment. An accomplishment. You got to keep going. Okay? If you, otherwise, you're in a static pool. The river's still flowing, man. Life, reality is flowing, and you're gonna start to say, "Oh, I guess I'll uh, hang on to this great achievement now." Uh, well, that means death. <laughs> so. <laughs> Impermanence, interdependency, all talk about the dynamicness of life. and Or, you know, my father used to say, uh, they call this emptiness, sunyata. Uh, and my father used to say, Eastern philosophical approaches is based on rather negative expressions. Emptiness. Hmm? Nothingness. And that's a real difficulty, almost a turnoff for our Western minds that want to be very positive, uh, you know, life principles, life philosophy, not negativeness. Why is that? If we gross generalize to say the East is, expresses its highest truths in a negative fashion, whereas in the West, Positive truths. Truths are expressed in a positive fashion. Uh, I think it used to be positive. How do you go beyond positive perfection? There's only one 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 way to keep going. Is to realize the perfection in imperfection. You know, this is a refinement. I guess that's the word that comes to mind. The refinement of a long time, thousands of years culture versus the more pragmatic, efficient (laughs) Western idea of, you know, uh, it hasn't, it's like a, it's like a strong teenager versus a wise old man. That teenager is body strong. He can, you know, but he hasn't had the life experiences. And this is talking about, uh, you know, cultures. 
if a culture is thousands of years old, they've had a long time of life experiences, and and they have to keep going. Okay? Uh, so it becomes very the idea of beauty of truth becomes refined, uh, going beyond positive and negative. Now, how do you express something that's beyond positive and negative? Well, this is where my father says, well, uh, if a positive expression, okay, you might call it an affirmation, okay, well, affirmations are limited, you know, because no matter how how much glowing uh, quality and quantity of an affirmation, say like God is all-powerful, God is uh, all-knowing, God is all-merciful. You're, you're listing these adjectives. You're affirming God's qualities, okay? Just using this as an example. When the reality that makes you keep going to a deeper understanding is the negative approach where you say, uh, well, not just that. No, not just that. Not just that. Okay. It's unsaid, the potentiality there. Okay. God is all that, but he's still, you know, more because it's unsaid. Uh, and uh, so affirmation limited, whereas the negation is even it's absolute negation. That's crucial. This is a, a non-dualistic, or we call it oneness. Huh? Absolute. Absolute emptiness. Not just emptiness as a relative term compared to fullness. Absolute emptiness, which is, of course, the same thing as absolute fu- fullness, okay? which is beyond the duality or the comparison of its opposite and all the degrees in between. No. But what the, when we say absolute, this means in the case of negation, even negation itself is negated. Whoa, that will, that will blow our minds, won't it? What does that mean? That's what the Heart Sutra is all about, you know? And, uh, well, you are, I could, I could, I, I sound, when I listen to myself, I say, well, kind of, kind of, in a in certain way of looking at it, it's kind of gibberish what I'm saying, but uh, that's that's the that's the way it is. <laughs> hey, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, indeed, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you.